Good morning. Is that working? Yeah. Got this thing attached to my trousers, or not, as the case may be. Might fall down. Oh, well. (laughs) Well, uh, this morning is a baptism service, and I assume you're here because you have been given an invite. Um, If you weren't expecting to be in a service and you're just looking for the toilets, they are just out there. Um, I should have a PowerPoint in a minute. At some point, it should come up. We receive lots of invites, don't we, in our life, and it's expected that we will respond to them. We're meant to say if we're coming or not. And what amazed me was when I sent out invites to my five-year-old's party, only a five-year-old's party, the number of people who didn't even respond. Just nothing. I put my email address, I put my phone, I was in the playground. At any point, they could have said, hey, Lou, uh, she's not coming or he's not coming. But no, uh, they just didn't respond. Is it going to work? No. Typical, isn't it? Just wave it about. Has it got any batteries in it? Yeah. Then to go on. It doesn't work, Bill. We just give up. Um, here on Facebook, you can uh, choose whether you're going to go to an event. You can tick going, uh, not going, or maybe. Ooh. <laughs> Very popular, isn't it? Doesn't it make you annoyed when someone ticks maybe? What does it mean? Does it mean, uh, I just don't want to offend you? I'm not coming? Does it mean, well, you know, nothing better to do that night, I might come? I get really annoyed, but I do it myself. Isn't it awful? We all do it. We're kind of living in this culture of kind of non-commitment. We don't want to say, well, you know, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, today, we are, we've heard from uh, four people, Gabby, Susanna, Lucy, and Ella. And they have responded to Jesus' invitation uh, to come into their lives, to take away their sin, and to give them a hope and a future. We've heard their story of how they've become absolutely convinced that Jesus is God. Jesus is their saviour and that he loves them. Now, baptism is not for maybes. It's just not. It's for people who want to say, yes, yes, I am going, I am in. But it's important at this point to remember that baptism doesn't mean we have all the answers. They're just saying, what I've seen and what I've heard so far is enough for me to say, I'm in, I'm going. A bit like if we're going to accept an invitation to a party, we may not know what food is going to be there. We may not know what tunes they'll play. We may not know who will be there. But we can trust that the person who invited us wants us and we trust them not to do anything too weird so that's why we go same principle with Jesus I may not know all the answers but I'm trusting Jesus I know him today we're looking at John's gospel 
Um, It's the fourth one, an account of Jesus' life. And John's gospel, it's not like the others. The others are all kinds of this happened, then this happened, then this happened. John's gospel is different. He takes a number of events to prove to people, to give them evidence that Jesus is God, that Jesus is the Savior. He's giving a testimony, evidence. Like a lawyer, he's backing it up. He's not setting out to trick us. He's going to give us evidence. It doesn't work. Let's look at this. This is at the end of John's Gospel, what he writes. He says, Jesus worked many other miracles for his disciples. So he's saying, he did loads of stuff. And not all of them are written in this book, but these are written so that you will put your faith in Jesus as the Messiah and the Son of God. If you have faith in him, you will have true life. He's writing them to give them evidence, to convince them. And in his opening statement, in verse 1, He says this. This is like a lawyer coming in at the opening statement. He says, in the beginning was the one who is called the Word. And that's John's name for Jesus. The Word was with God and was truly God. He doesn't mess about. He's saying it straight away. From the very beginning, the Word was with God. And then he says, the Word became a human being. He's spelling it out really clearly. And lived here with us. And we saw his true glory, the glory of the only son of the father. So right from the beginning of John's gospel, he's laying it out. Jesus came in human form. He is God and he is the savior. And he spends the rest of the book trying to convince us that that is true. Now, if I asked people in this room, who do you think Jesus is? we would get really, probably, some different answers. And if I went out on the streets of Southampton or Portsmouth, here I am, da-da-da, and I asked people randomly, well, who do you think Jesus is? I know you're laughing now. (laughs) Who do you think Jesus is? I would get some weird answers, I'm sure. I'm in Portsmouth, after all. Um, But other than those people who blank me, suddenly cheese becomes very important to them in their life, The people that stop would say different things. For example, Jesus was good. Jesus was a great teacher. He was a healer. He was wise. They might also say he was legend. Or he is mythical. Or they might say he was the son of God. We're going to watch chapter 7 of John's Bible. Because it's just John's gospel, sorry. Because it's so huge Um, You'll just be bored of my voice. So here is it dramatized. We can watch it together. After this, Jesus traveled in Galilee. He did not want to travel in Judea because the Jewish authorities there were wanting to kill him. The time for the festival of shelters was near. So Jesus' brothers said to him, leave this place and go to Judea so that your followers will see the things that you're doing. People don't hide what they're doing if they want to be well-known. Since you are doing these things, let the whole world know about you. Not even his brothers believed in him. The right time for me has not yet come. Any time is right for you. 
The world cannot hate you, but it hates me. Because I keep telling it that its ways are bad. You go on to the festival. I am not going to this festival. Because the right time has not come for me. He said this, and then stayed on in Galilee. After his brothers had gone to the festival, Jesus also went. However, he did not go openly, but secretly. The Jewish authorities were looking for him at the festival. Where is he? they asked. There was much whispering about him in the crowd. He is a good man, some people said. No, others said. He fools the people. But no one talked about him openly, because they were afraid of the Jewish authorities. The festival was nearly half over when Jesus went to the temple and began teaching. The Jewish authorities were greatly surprised. How does this man know so much when he's never been to school? What I teach is not my own teaching, but it comes from God who sent me. Whoever is willing to do what God wants will know whether what I teach comes from God or whether I speak on my own authority. Those who speak on their own authority are trying to gain glory for themselves. But he who wants glory for the one who sent him is honest. And there is nothing false in him. Moses gave you the law, didn't he? But not one of you obeys the law. Why are you trying to kill me? You have a demon in you. Who is trying to kill you? I performed one miracle. And you were all surprised. Moses ordered you to circumcise your sons. Although it was not Moses, but your ancestors who started it. And so you circumcise a boy on the Sabbath. If a boy is circumcised on the Sabbath so that Moses' law is not broken, why are you angry with me? Because I made a man completely well on the Sabbath. Stop judging by external standards and judge by true standards. Some of the people of Jerusalem said, Isn't this the man the authorities are trying to kill? Look, he is talking in public, and they say nothing against him. Can it be that they really know that he is the Messiah? But when the Messiah comes, no one will know where he is from. And we all know where this man comes from. As Jesus taught in the temple, he said in a loud voice, Do you really know me? And know where I am from? I have not come on my own authority. He who sent me, however, is truthful. You do not know him, but I know him. Because I come from him. And he sent me. Then they tried to seize him. because his hour had not yet come. But many in the crowd believed in him. When the Messiah comes, will he perform more miracles than this man has? <laughs> the Pharisees heard the crowd whispering these things about Jesus. So they and the chief priests sent some guards to arrest him. 
I shall be with you. A little while longer. And then I shall go away to him who sent me. You will look for me, but you will not find me. Because you cannot go where I will be. The Jewish authorities said among themselves, Where is he about to go so that we shall not find him? Will he go to the Greek cities where our people live and teach the Greeks? He says that we will look for him, but will not find him. And that we cannot go where he will be. What does he mean? On the last and most important day of the festival, Jesus stood up and said in a loud voice, Whoever is thirsty should come to me, and whoever believes in me should drink. As the scripture says, streams of life-giving water will pour out from his side. Jesus said this about the Spirit, which those who believed in him were going to receive. At that time, the Spirit had not yet been given, because Jesus had not been raised to glory. Some of the people in the crowd heard him say this. This man is really the prophet! The Messiah will not come from Galilee! The scripture says that the Messiah will be a descendant of King David and will be born in Bethlehem, the town where David lived. So there was a division in the crowd because of Jesus. Some wanted to seize him, but no one laid a hand on him. When the guards went back, the chief priests and Pharisees asked them, Why did you not bring him? Nobody has ever talked the way this man does. Did he fool you, too? Have you ever known one of the authorities or one Pharisee to believe in him? This crowd does not know the law of Moses. So they are under God's curse. One of the Pharisees there was Nicodemus, the man who had gone to see Jesus before. According to our law, we cannot condemn people before hearing them and finding out what they have done. Well, are you also from Galilee? <laughs> Study the scriptures, and you will learn that no prophet ever comes from Galilee. Then everyone went home. There you go. I told you you'd be bored of my voice. <laughs> it's huge, isn't it? I was uh, quite surprised when I got the whole of chapter 7 today. But here we go. So if you listen to that or watch that for the first time, I imagine that you feel quite confused. Yes, you're nodding. Even if it isn't, you still feel confused. And I don't think this is a mistake. John wants us to feel the confusion because people aren't sure yet who he is. Even his whole own family, his brothers, don't really understand what he's doing or who he is. But John, it doesn't just mean to be confusing. He wants to record what Jesus said. And he says it again and again and again. And basically each time Jesus says it in a slightly different way. But it all adds up to... Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus' brothers don't know what to make of him. They've seen the miracles. You know, they're not, they're not silly. They grow, imagine them growing up with him. He's going to be a little bit different. Just a teeny 
bit different to them, perhaps. They've seen him draw massive crowds, thousands of people, to hear his teaching. But they've also heard him say some pretty crazy stuff, like, um, you must eat my flesh and drink my blood. And that he lost a lot of followers when he said that. In more than one occasion, it says his family go to take charge of him because I'm guessing they think it's more than wood that's been knocked one too many times. Maybe a little bit up here. But if he could only do the stuff he was doing, then maybe, just maybe, he could pull it back and those crowds will be following him again. What does the disciples say to him? They say, why don't you go to Judea? Then your disciples can see what you are doing. Notice how they say, your disciples. Even his own brothers did not believe in him. When Jesus does eventually go, he goes to this festival He goes in secret. And if you can imagine the festival, it was one of three occasions where the Jewish male had to go to the temple. There would have been over a million people crowded into the what was then very small Jerusalem. And at the temple, it would have been heaving, shoulder to shoulder. The bustling crowd is moving, and there's shouting, and there's noise, and people have built booths outside their houses, and they're living outside, so you can imagine the noise is up even more. And in the middle of it, the crowd's top, hot topic is, who is this man, Jesus? Is he the Messiah? Is he the Savior? Is he the one That they've been waiting for. What do they say in the crowds? Some were saying Jesus is a good man. While others were saying he is a lying to everyone. But the people were afraid of their leaders. And none of them talked in public about him. Why were they afraid? Well John told us right at the beginning. The Jewish leaders wanted to kill him. People were undecided. Jewish leaders were not even going to discuss it. There's um, a man named C.S. Lewis, which you've probably heard of. He was a novelist and academic. And he converted from atheism to Christianity. And he said about this statement, I'm ready to accept Jesus as a moral teacher, but I don't accept his claim to be God. And what did he say about that kind of statement? He said, that is the one thing we must not say. A man who was merely a man and said the sort of things Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on a level with a man who says he's a poached egg, or else he would be the devil of hell. And you must make a choice. Either this man and is the son of God, or else he's a madman, or something worse. This argument is often framed as uh, good bad or God, or as we see in this next book, liar, lunatic, Lord. Jesus' teachings were really clear. When people say he didn't claim to be God, well, just read John's gospel. He claimed that he existed before creation. 
He claimed that he himself and God were one. He claimed that he could forgive sins. That he was the ultimate person who had to forgive you for anything you had done. He claimed that the eternity for people was based very much, in fact entirely, on what they thought about him. Now that doesn't sound like just a good man who never said that. He said it again and again and again. And if you like a John's Gospel afterwards, I'm happy to give you one. You can see why people might have thought he was crazy or deluded. Who says this sort of thing? The religious leaders had made up their mind. He is crazy. He is evil. He, they say he's possessed by spirits and he deceives people. He's a lunatic. His brothers weren't sure. They thought he was a bit, as well, a bit, what, what on earth's going on in there? I was thinking about, at the moment, the world, the closest thing I guess I can get to this, is the world looks at America and we're all a bit scared, let's face it. We're a bit unsure about what's going to happen. We might, some people might voice the words mad or bad in that direction for a certain person. But obviously many of them believe that he is their saviour. That he is going to do something amazing. And only time will show which one. The Jews debated Jesus. They reasoned, this is the man. Um, um, the, The crowds were standing around going, well, who is he? And they reasoned these four things. One. This man has made a massive difference. He can heal people. He does miracles. He can command people. He has such power. They see that this man is convincing in what he says when he publicly addresses people. Thousands flock to hear him. And they said in that video, who could speak like this? But on the other side... Isn't this the man that the Jewish leaders, those who are meant to understand what God is like, are trying to kill him? Or, if they are sure that he is crazy, why haven't they done something about it? So you can see the confusion happening here. If time will tell if someone is good, mad, bad, or a saviour, With Jesus, we see that that question is still being debated 2,000 years later. And I doubt very much our lovely American friends will be being debated at this scale 2,000 years later. Some of the people wanted to arrest Jesus. We see the Jewish leaders wanted to arrest him. But some in the crowd put their faith in him. They said, surely when the Messiah comes, he won't do more than this. Surely when a saviour comes, he won't do more than this. So why with all these signs, feeding 5,000, water into wine, healing paralysed people, teaching about God, people are in absolute awe of him. Do these leaders refuse point blank to believe that he is who he says he is? 
Well, it seems one of the objections we find at the end of this chapter. Okay, let's go to that. Some people said he must be a prophet. Others said he is the Messiah. Others even said, can the Messiah come from Galilee? The scriptures say the Messiah will come from a family of the King David. Doesn't this mean that he will be born in David's hometown of Bethlehem? The people started taking sides against each other because of Jesus. Some of them wanted to arrest him, but no one laid a hand on him. Out of all they had seen and heard, the leaders decide this is the issue. Who his family is, is going to be the big issue of why they cannot and will not listen to him. You see, Jesus didn't sweet talk them. He wasn't their friend. He came into the world and said, look, guys, you have got some stuff wrong. Look, guys, there are things that you're doing you shouldn't be doing. They're not honoring God. Look, guys, what you said there was not right. And they hated it. They didn't like being told that something in them wasn't quite right. And so they put this massive barrier and said, well, he's not from Bethlehem. Well, he was, wasn't he? We know. He was born in Bethlehem. Even their, their decision to not think about him, to not listen to what he's saying, to not pay attention, to not take notice of all the miracles and words that he's done, even that was false. It was, as it says, as we show here in this next slide, the missing piece that they refused to, to recognize who Jesus was because they had a missing piece. They couldn't see past it. People getting baptized today, they haven't got a perfect picture. There are missing pieces. But they have seen enough of this person to accept the invite that what Jesus has for them is good. That he loves them. That he has got good plans for them. It's not they've got it all wrapped up and you can ask them anything and they'll say, I knew the answer to that. They don't. But they know enough to accept Jesus' invitation. And I'm sure if you're sitting here now and you haven't accepted it yet, you're still that maybe I'll go, maybe I won't. I just want to find out a little bit more. And those are good things. But perhaps today you do know enough. Perhaps you've put up a barrier and you say, I can't believe because of that one thing. Well, maybe you'll discover that one thing when you've started walking a bit with him. I know when I started, I knew nothing. But I did know that I'd encountered the living God. And over the years, I started to discover the answer to some of my questions and objections. Just because you still have doubts doesn't mean you can't start following Jesus today. So if you would like to do that, I'm going to pray in a minute, a very simple prayer. You've heard four amazing testimonies. I'm not even going to get into mine. But we're just going to say, thank you, Jesus, for inviting me to know you. I want to do that today. I want to trust you with my life and follow you. Please forgive me for the wrong in my life. Thank you that you died on the cross for my sin. 
And please send your Holy Spirit to fill me and teach me today. Let's pray together. We're going to pray that. And if at the end you agree, I just want you to say, Amen, really strongly. You might still have doubts. You might still have questions. But Jesus says, today is the day to decide, yes, I'm going, or no, I'm not going. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, thank you for inviting me to know you. I want to do that today. I want to trust you with my life and follow you. Please forgive me for the wrong in my life. Thank you that you died for me on a cross for my sin. Please send the Holy Spirit to fill me and teach me from this day forward. Amen. If you prayed that for the first time today, I really would love to speak to you afterwards. I've got something to give you. Um, So please don't go without finding me. I'll be in the foyer. Thank you.